I'm Derek Thompson, the host of The Ringer podcast, Plain English. Look, a lot of news these days is kind of nonsense. I'm not trying to reinvent the wheel here. I'm just trying to ask the questions that matter from people who know more than I do about everything I'm curious about. And that's most things. Recession fears, AI hyperbole, psychology, productivity, China, war, streaming, movies, sports, you name it. The world without jargon, the news without bias. Plain English with Derek Thompson. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. This episode is brought to you by cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. Hi, this is Tara Palmieri. I'm Puck's senior political correspondent, and this is Somebody's Gotta Win. We are at an intense moment. America's top ally, Israel, is at war. More than 1,300 people have been declared dead as of Monday. And yet the House Republicans are so at war with themselves that they can't pick a Speaker of the House, the person that this country needs to be able to send aid abroad to Israel. It's quite ironic because the Republicans are the ones who are constantly going on about the need to protect Israel from Iran, that they are our top allies. They're the most hawkish on Israel. So when Speaker of the House Kevin McCarthy, well, former Speaker of the House Kevin McCarthy was ousted last week, it was a very historic moment. It had never happened before, but it was just an empty seat that was filled temporarily. And it didn't feel quite as urgent as it feels now to fill it. But amazingly, this dire situation has not united House Republicans. They're still hung up on their grievances, and they don't seem to be any closer to picking a speaker by their self-imposed deadline of Wednesday. After the Republicans met for their conference meeting, I chatted with Punchbowl's Jake Sherman. He's one of the top reporters on Capitol Hill to see if anything had shifted. And you know what? It hadn't. There was still no consensus around the top two candidates, Steve Scalise and Jim Jordan. Maybe a dark horse emerges. But if that doesn't happen, maybe something even more wild happens, like the Democrats bail out the Republicans and pick their speaker for them, at least temporarily, so that they can send aid to Israel. 
So Jake, last week when I reached out to you and I was like, what are the odds? Who's going to win this race? We were just going to talk about like the greasy backdoor politicking between, you know, Steve Scalise and Jim Jordan and who had the best campaign, who had the best chances, you know, just thinking along political lines, alliances, maybe Trump's impact or non-impact, you know, how... And and I just thought this was going to be sort of a typical speaker's race, maybe atypical uh, in the sense that the former president suggested that he could be speaker. But um, things have changed. You know, now there's a war in Israel um, and this kind of obsequious politicking feels like a little gross and the need for a speaker feels more urgent. There, you know, obviously the Speaker of the House is second in line to the president. On top of putting out a statement in support of Israel, they would need to authorize spending for Israel, um, you know, supplemental aid, which they obviously need. There was a big Republican conference meeting tonight. And I know, you know, you're you're one of the most plugged in people on the Hill. So I figured, you know, you would be the guy to know what was the vibe coming out of that meeting. Are we any close to getting a Speaker of the House? And do the members seem to understand the urgency of having a real Speaker of the House? Or are they just so like caught up on their hangups and backbiting and anger right now? Like, what are you feeling? So I think, Tara, it's somewhere in between. I mean, I do think there is... The answer is yes. Congress needs to, at some point in the next, call it month, could be two weeks, could be three weeks, could be a little bit more, um, needs to spend more money or send more money to Israel, like undoubtedly, um, to refresh Iron Dome and a bunch of those things. Um you know, members are pretty myopic, right? I mean, they they <laughs> are true. like looking at what's in front of them, and but the the people who are involved in in Middle East politics on the Hill and um, lawmakers who see this as a you know are are focused on this are saying we need to get a speaker in here so we could spend money and we could appropriate money and all of those kinds of things. So, are we any closer? I mean. In an absolute sense, yes, because at some point they are going to uh, elect a speaker. But the contest between Jim Jordan and Steve Scalise is shocking to me for a couple reasons. Number one, um, we are effectively within the, you know, we're in the late stages of this campaign and neither Scalise nor Jordan are running away with this thing. That tells you a lot. Usually there's a clear favorite. Uh, the last I checked, and this was a couple hours ago, it was 51 votes to, thir 51 supporters to 31 supporters. That's, you know, 82, um, members. There's 221 members of, of the House Republican right. Conference. Right. And you need 217. So, <laughs> and you need 217 on the floor to win. So all of that said, um, it does kind of seem small to be fighting over this when, you know, a thousand or 900 or whatever Israelis are dead. And, and uh, by the way, a country that the Republicans have said is our closest ally, we'll do anything to protect, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So, and, and remember, Tara, and I, I know you know this, but just for everybody to remember, um, leadership races are intense and intensely personal, especially on the Republican side of the aisle. I mean, people are holding grudges that date back years and perceived slights and actual slights. And I mean, 
It's just that's a why I really thought maybe they mess. would get their shit together because there's a war going on. But here's the thing: is it mostly? So I I talked to a moderate who's pretty plugged in, and he was saying like there are going to be a lot of write-ins for McCarthy. Moderates are angry. Is this all moderates who are unwilling to commit? Are like the fifty and thirty either for Scalise or Jordan? Are they like hardliners who are just you know or devotees? Like who are these other? I guess, hundred and so members that won't commit. Are they just like on the fence or are they pro McCarthy? I'm just trying to figure out. Yeah, how these there are, are some, it's probably a mix. There are some that are pro McCarthy. Um, there are some that are. Um, uh, like how many are pro McCarthy, would you think? So there were a couple, I, I will say this because our, our, our newsletter, by the time people are listening, will be out. But three members today, uh, and today is Monday, um, Three members stood up in this House Republican conference meeting and said they will vote for no one but McCarthy. So if this they is hold absurd. That, if they <laughs> hold that, but by the way, let's I just let's be clear for a second. McCarthy spent all day um playing footsie with running for speaker again. He started the I day know, on Hugh, he started the day on Hugh Hewitt, the conservative radio host, saying he'll leave it up to the conference. He then held a stemwinder of a 40 or so minute, 30 minute press conference I left early. Oh, he's just um, loving those. <laughs> yeah, bizarre. and so he's like so he's just he's trying to play footsie here. And then listen, uh, when it comes to the 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 holdouts, um, some of them are just legitimately unsure or can never vote for either of these men and are hoping that another man or woman um, it, it gets into the mix. And I think that's, I don't think that's a long shot. I was going to say, I think that's a long shot, but I don't actually think it's a long shot. I think it's possible. You know what you said in your newsletter, which I loved, um, it, this was on Monday's newsletter, Republicans tend to be attracted to candidates who appear as if they've been dragged, kicking and screaming to the speakership. And I think that sort of gets to the heart of what you're saying, that there might be a dark horse and like someone that appears like they're the martyr by becoming speaker. And, you know, do you think that person might be Patrick McHenry? Because he's the one who's like, oh, I don't want to be the temporary speaker. This is horrible. He's, he has all these theatrics with slamming the gavel. And I mean... Do you think a part of him just wants to keep the job and like this might he might just be the Paul Ryan who ends up getting it in the end? I do think that a part of him wants the job. I think that um, <laughs> I I think that I think that McHenry has was in the leadership before he was Scalise's deputy. Um, he has spent a long time thinking and studying leadership politics. He is somebody that is um uh very, very well versed in what it takes to run the House of Representatives, but the hardliners will have the same gripes and complaints about him that, as they did McCarthy. He crafted the debt limit deal. He uh, is seen as a moderate. He's not a moderate. He's a conservative. He was elected in 2005. He was a hardliner before these hardliners existed. So um, do I think, so I don't know that he could win a race. Now, that's today like if we're in this place in like two weeks i i think he probably will the people will give him a second look um but and by the you way you think that I, this I just, stalemate could go for two weeks is that what you're I think expecting it, i think it could go to the weekend i do um i don't i don't feel confident about that um i just don't see this moving at all anytime anytime soon and it's just not moving as quick as it should and yeah so i don't i don't think it'll be wrapped up by wednesday personally uh neither do a lot of people in the house republican conference leadership and the house republican leadership rather believe it will be locked up quickly 
So, so are these members told to stick around all week? Is that what they're doing? Oh, and yeah, so, yeah, 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 yeah. So Democrats, the House is in session this week. The House is in session this week. Democrats are coming back effectively because they are expecting a speaker vote at some point this week. I think that's a long shot, but but the House will be in motion, in forward motion or backward motion, depending on how we see it. But McHenry could pass like a supplemental bill. He could even pass a spending bill. The one so that... that's the big that's the big question. Probably not. So this is like real nerdy shit. So I'm sorry for people okay. who are not nerds. Let's like just me. get let's let's just linger in this place for a second or two. <laughs> the okay, real so, nerdy shit. so he, this this effectively he's serving in a temporary position because of a law that was created on 9/11. If Congress were to be dead, there, most people don't believe that con- most people don't believe he has the power to do anything. He could test that and try to push it, but I don't think it would work. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit JiffyLube.com. This episode is brought to you by Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Trello help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com, A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. This episode is brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. As a ruthless king builds his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX this Friday and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. Really quickly, just to like go back to McCarthy, what is what are the chances that he is resurrected? I think very slim. I think his head is in a different place. I think, and and furthermore, I don't believe that any, I mean, coming out of this meeting, none of the dissidents, the McCarthy opponents, had any interest in seeing him revived and put toward the speakership. So like very slim chances, very, very slim chances. But listen, I will say, and this is like great house drama because like just by cracking the door to say to, to another bid, he has frozen some of these undecideds and they are not going to Scalise and Jordan with this kind of crazy fucking hope that Kevin McCarthy is going to be the speaker again, which I just don't think is feasible right now. So actually, he's just prolonging the stalemate by dangling the idea. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, one member said to me, like, if the eight members, the eight members of Congress that voted to remove McCarthy were willing to support one of the candidates, that would make them less likely to support that candidate. Have you heard that? Yes, there's a lot of that. And there's a lot of people who say they won't support any speaker candidate unless they 
commit to punishing the eight. So there's there's all sorts of and by the way, remember this is a like a five seat, four seat majority. So like you can't punish a bunch of people and think everything is going to be cool. You're not going to get anything done to the extent they were getting anything done anyway. So there's just they're 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 all between a rock and a hard place. Okay, um, let's just talk about like Scalise's pitch. Okay, he's probably the most beloved, right? He's probably the one who could sort of bridge across the party, right? Rather than Jim Jordan, who's seen as too much of a hardliner. Am I right? Do you think Scalise could win over the Yeah, box? I do. It, it, you know, a few th- thoughts on Scalise. Yes, he has wanted okay. this job for a long time. He has pretended that he has doesn't want this job and he has been happy as majority leader. Whatever, that's fine. He could say what he wants to say. To, to <laughs> they always whatever do makes, that. <laughs> whatever makes him sleep at night, right? Um, uh, so... Ever since he Eric is, Cantor didn't want the job, right? <laughs> right. Yeah, right. Eric Cantor didn't want... Well, look, anyway, um, Scalise is um, Scalise is a conservative. He is... Listen, both of these people are far more conservative than McCarthy. And you can make the argument, and I, I, I think there's a good argument to be made, that McCarthy was the most representative of the Republican conference writ large, right? That he was conservative, but he had bona fides with, you know, the, the moderates liked him, all that stuff. All that said... Um, his pitch effectively is, um, I know how this job is done. I could get it done. Jordan will be harmful to moderates, even if he's not saying that. And you should elect me because I already raised a lot of money. I already know what it takes, et cetera. Now, um, one member came out of the meeting tonight, Ralph Norman of South Carolina, who was one of the people who, one of the people who gave McCarthy trouble over the last couple months. And Norman said, I don't want to, and he's, and Norman is for Jordan. He said, I don't want a speaker who will deteriorate in the job. I mean, Scalise has wow. blood cancer. Right. So it's like, holy shit. You know, this like, is also it's like, a guy who was shot, who survived being shot at, uh, it was a congressional baseball game. Correct. So it's like, it's so, cruel. Uh, I, but, but, by, but by the way, um, mean girls, Sc- actual mean Scalise, girls. <laughs> it's it, it, totally, but it's kind of amazing. I mean, Scalise is, survived a shooting. He is now in the middle of chemotherapy. This is somebody who has just an incredible um, drive for what he does. But listen, I think there are some members who say that um, his health is an issue. And I think that's something that he has addressed. He said he feels great and et cetera. So, um, but that's something that he'll have to continue addressing as time goes on, I think, because people are bringing it up all the time. Right. Okay. Let's talk about Jordan. I didn't think that Trump's support would help him with moderates, especially those in like D plus five districts. And I just think, but then I thought maybe McCarthy's support for Jim Jordan helped him with the moderates. I'm just not really sure. Like where did McCarthy is not officially McCarthy is not officially endorsed Jim Jordan. I mean, he's seen as the hand he is seen as being as favoring Jim Jordan and having, written a book about both men a long time ago, I could tell you that, meaning McCarthy, Scalise, Jordan, all these guys, I could tell you that um, I would be surprised if McCarthy wants Scalise to be speaker. Now, um, I don't it's think... the lesser of two evils for him, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's got, he's gotten close to Jordan, but the Trump endorsement moves zero people, I think. Zero people. I saw no discernible impact... And I agree with you that with moderates who are sitting in districts that Joe Biden won by six, seven, eight points, like they don't give a shit what Donald Trump says because, and by the way, I think we're all overrating this because I don't think it means 
anything who the speaker is going into 2024 if Trump's at the top of the ticket. Like, I just think that, like, like no one will care if Jim Jordan or Steve Scalise is speaker if Donald Trump is at the top of the ticket because Donald Trump will be the and you know will be the the weight around people's neck or the benefit to people in their districts. So I just think that like people are way overthinking this. And by the way, it would be kind of amazing as a political spectacle if Trump endorses Scalise or Jordan rather if Trump endorses Jordan and Jordan doesn't win. Yeah, it would be amazing. I mean that, it, it would be and I mean um it wouldn't but be the listen, first time that Trump endorsed someone and they lost. Actually, probably no. The and by the time. way, he should have learned better. <laughs> he should have understood better. He does not. He's never been good on the Hill. He's just never been either in internal party races or um, legislating. He's just been a bad. He's not been a savvy operator on Capitol Hill. It's it's almost like the kiss of death in some ways when he gets involved. Although, do you think he helped Kevin McCarthy get over the line or no? No. Not really. I mean, again, these are like parochial races that are just so mired in the bullshit between the two people running against each other that um, uh, it's tough to to kind of make any grander statement about about anything else besides these stupid relationships. Okay, so what's the deal with with Jim Jordan? Like, do you think he has a shot, or do you think he's who would you say is more likely to become speaker? So Scalise I think or Jim Jordan, Jordan. I think Jordan has the momentum right now. Um, now, um, I, I do slightly. I mean, most people I talk to think Scalise wins. I, I will tell you this though, Tara. A lot of people I talk to, I, a lot of people I've spoken to tonight, and coming out of this conference meeting, thinks neither of these men are going to be speaker. I mean, and this is from the top levels of the party all the way to the rank and file. Um, just like people and even people who are affiliated or are supporting one of these two men, they just think they are not this, that neither Scalise nor Jordan is going to win the speakership. Because they want it too much. Not only do they want it too much, but like they're cut from the same cloth. They there's so many doubts about both of them. They it just it just from top to bottom, it's just not a it just people think it's just not they are underwhelmed by their choices. Let's put it that way. So do you think it'll be a more moderate speaker? And who do you think it'll be? Have you heard any names being tossed about? I mean, I think McHenry is probably the most likely. Could there be a caretaker speaker like a Tom Cole or someone like that? I'm a little bit more a little bit more skeptical of that. I think, to be honest with you. A speaker that, with a bow tie, though? We think that's a, that could happen. I, you know, listen, I, I'm not known for my <laughs> sartorial chops, but I am not a bow tie man. Uh, although I yeah, do know I'd... how to tie one, which is impressive. Um, listen, I think McHenry, listen, there there could come a situation at the end of this week if they don't have a speaker where Democrats say, we need a speaker. We need to do shit. We have to pass government funding in 30 days. We have this Israel situation, this war, this uh, t- these terrorist attacks. We need to send money to Israel. We're going to support Patrick McHenry for 30 to 60 days so he can get this shit done. And then you could hold your elections then with, once you've gotten your shit together. That doesn't seem terribly far-fetched to me. Wow. So the Democrats pick the Speaker of the House. I'm Well, I'm just... I mean, they can't do it without Republican support, and that would require McHenry... But how does that impact with- them? Right. You you just pick a few moderate Republicans to do it. Like Hakeem doesn't actually vote. I mean, or do listen, you think- well, I don't know the answer to that. I mean, it depends how I mean, the situation in Israel is very bad. It depends what needs to get done in the House. If there's a ton of shit that's piling up in the House that needs to get done, they're going to have to get somebody in that seat. 
Uh, and I don't and know. And they can what just tell their constituents, like. like we had to vote for a Republican. It was a dire situation, and that was. And it. by the way, though, they will put constraints on that person. They will, you know, they will. There will have to be some sort of large scale negotiation to work this out. But the House cannot stay without a leader, without somebody in line to the president for that long. It just it's not good for democracy. There's a lot of stuff that Congress has to do, and God forbid the U.S. should get in a, in a conflict and there wasn't a speaker. I mean, that would be tragic. Right. I mean, if anything, our enemies are definitely looking at us right now in the middle of all these conflicts. Um, okay, one last question, because I know I said I'd only give you only had 20 minutes. Um, so the backdrop of all of this is that just one member of Congress could call for a vote to vacate the speaker or basically remove the speaker. What are the chances that that is removed? Like, is that just going to stay in place or do you think they'll be able to sort that out? I think there's a conversation going on in the conference about getting rid of it or raising that threshold. Remember, um, this threshold was at one for a very long time. And um, it, 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 Pelosi changed it and raised it to, it has to come from the leadership. Um, McCarthy, in his quest to become speaker, put it back. I think that it will get changed in some way, shape, or form. But Republicans need to do it with Republican votes only. That's what they say. They could do it with Democratic votes if they wanted to on the House floor, but um, they don't want to. Um, and uh, I do think it'll get changed. It's insane. It's insane to have this knife hanging over the speaker that one person could call a vote. Listen, I've been covering con Congress a long time, and there are people that have bad days all the time, and there are always in a narrow majority five votes to to kick somebody out of the speakership. So, like, if you, it's impossible to govern under this scenario, and I think that is a wide. And yet, everyone has until now. Yeah, and that's, that's because the, the Republican conference is is really fucked up. I mean, I don't mean that. To, I I don't mean that to uh, you know. Uh, I don't mean that in a bad way. Um, and um, but I, it just I think it's you do. really divided. <laughs> it's okay. it, no, it's really divided, okay. and it's really it's a really close majority. Okay, and Matt Gates is he going to get thrown out of the house? Is that even possible? He's I not going like to get rid of an, elect he, an elected official. You can, official. you can with I think two thirds majority, but he could get kicked out of the House Republican Conference. I don't think that's going to happen. Mike Lawler and other people have thought about trying to kick him out of the conference. It's kind of a dead end. I mean, I, I think you know. Um, I think I think Gates will be back if he doesn't run for governor in Florida. But the thing is, the villages they love him, and he probably gets kudos for this. There, don't you think? His constituents, think, they love him. I think that he, I think his constituents love him. And listen, you almost never lose by, by shitting on your leadership, right? Like nobody <laughs> likes congressional leadership except for me. Uh, I like covering them, but nobody likes congressional leadership, especially in a red district like his. He's probably getting high fives when he comes home. Totally. It's like you told McCarthy, you told yeah. Congress, you held it yeah. to him, you know? Totally. Totally. Well, most Americans don't trust the institution anyway. All right. Well, thank you, Jake. This was awesome. I really love getting your reporting. Um, and I'll let you get to it because you've got another newsletter coming out tonight and tomorrow. And um, sign up for Punchbowl News to get all the scoops. Thanks, Tara. Thanks for listening. This is another episode of Somebody's Gotta Win. Thank you to my producers, Connor Nevins and Devin Manzi. If you like my reporting, please sign up for my newsletter, The Best and the Brightest, at puck.news slash Tara Palmieri and use the discount code Tara20. That's T-A-R-A 20. If you like this pod, please subscribe, rate, and share it. I'll be back on Thursday.